This episode of The Chris Johnston Show is brought to you by Shopify. If you could trade a bench warmer for the GOAT, you'd do it, right? Right? Get your business a game-changing pickup by choosing the commerce platform with the internet's best converting checkout. That's Shopify. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're a garage entrepreneur or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you need to start, run, and grow your business without the struggle. It puts you in control of every sales channel. So whether you're selling signed sneakers or offering official outfielders outfits, you are covered through Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers to buyers. It also powers 10% of all e-commerce in the United States. And Shopify being a truly global force, it powers sites like Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every single step of the way. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Johnston. All lowercase. You know the name already. Shopify.com slash Johnston to take your business to the next level today. Uh, I know that some in our audience know the finer points of hockey. The Chris Johnston Show. We are your friends. The biggest stories, bringing you inside the game. What did you hear? The Chris Johnston Show. Powered by Sports Interaction. Want to bet? What is going on? Here's Chris with your host, Julian McKenzie. Part of the game. CJ, we're a hockey show. We've got a lot to get to when it comes to the Sens. Um, some, Leap, some Maple Leafs talk will be in this one. Connor Bedard, we have a special announcement near the end of our show. But I know you're going through it, buddy. I saw the tweets. The Toronto Blue Jays have let you down again. If we get through some hockey at the start, I will let you talk about the Blue Jays as long as you need to after you can bet that. Deal? That's a good deal. But I will say, don't just okay. go by the tweets because I woke up on this Thursday and the sun was out. The birds were chirping. And I had a thousand pounds of frustration lifted off my shoulders because I no longer had to worry about the state of the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays. There was nothing okay. left to, to worry about. So that it's I'm not in as bad a place as you might have guessed from a couple angry tweets during the game. Okay, that, that's fair, because I heard a source uh, from Leafs practice today that says that you and another person were among the most vocal people about the Toronto Blue Jays. So uh, I'm glad that you're actually a lot better off uh, than what the tweets might suggest and what other things might. But anyway, you know what? Save that for uh, after you can bet that with David Bastel. Uh, let's continue to follow the Ottawa Senators situation and Shane Pinto. We're still on RFA watch. Uh, Jimmy Drysdale in Anaheim doesn't have a contract yet. Shane Pinto in uh, Ottawa, of course not with a contract. Is there still that gap there? Where are we at? Well, where we're at right now is working on it. And, and I think that they are trying now. I mean, clearly there's some urgency, right? That the season is less than a week away. Um, you know, it's, it's not ideal to have missed as much of training camp in the preseason time that Shane Pinto's missed, but you've also got Josh Norris now uh, out injured, unfortunately, again, for the senators and, you know, it's just that time. I think that they, they need to put their heads down and, and try to reach a deal here. And, and you know, there's a couple of interesting things. Ottawa's made a number of waiver moves actually in the last week or so. They, they ended up losing Lassie Thompson, a former first round pick on waivers to Anaheim. Uh, they were able to pass uh, Jacob Bernard Docker 
and Igor Sokolov, among others, through waivers and send them to the American Hockey League. And when the dust has settled on that series of moves, Julian, what I can tell you right now is the Senators have somewhere in the neighborhood of maybe $1.7 million that they could pay uh, immediately to a roster spot for Shane Pinto. You know, we know that he's been seeking longer than that on a multi-year deal, more than that. But maybe on a one-year deal, I just wonder if there could be a path there that, that could allow them to, to maybe get across the finish line. But at this point, that, that hasn't happened. Um, but, you know, I think needless to say, given the, the injury to Norris, how important Pinto is anyway to the Sens roster, how important this season is in Ottawa, you know, it does feel as though we've gotten to a stage where, you know, I don't know that either side is all that eager to, to push it uh, much further at this point in time. How confident are you that a deal could be done in time for the start of the regular season next week? I think there's still reason to be confident about that. I mean, look, the the, the normal provisos apply here. I mean, something could happen in negotiations that splinters everyone apart and, and there's there needs to be a cooling off period. Um, you know, certainly we're not reporting it or trying to suggest that something's done at this moment and it's just it's waiting to be announced. I, I think that there's still work that that's that's going into this, but you know, I, I don't think generally speaking, it, it benefits teams or players to, to have guys miss um, chunks of the season. And, and, you know, I do think all along it's, this has never been a case of, you know, having any doubts about the player. I, I don't think the players, any doubts about the organization. It's been more figuring out the cap picture, but, you know, I think Ottawa's made some moves that that's at least clarified that somewhat. And, and look, I, I suppose a trade is still possible. And maybe you're looking at uh, having even more money to play with, but certainly I, I do think that there's, the potential there to a, to a deal, you know, but what hangs here and it's actually the same as the Jamie, Jamie Drysdale situation in Anaheim is, is that neither player would have arbitration rights next year. Cause the easiest thing to usually do in a case like this is to do a one-year contract, right? Basically let's put this off till next summer. The cap's going up. The team will have more flexibility. The player gets another year to prove himself. Um, but you know, in both of these cases, it, with Drysdale and Pinto, you know, neither player has the ability to go to arbitration next summer. So they would find themselves in similar spot kind of than they are today if they did one year contracts. Now it's not saying they won't do that, but I do think that it's sort of interesting that the last two unsigned RFA standing are in that same kind of predicament where they just basically the leverage of the CBA isn't really on their sides. And, you know, Drysdale has some unique circumstances that he only played eight games last season as well. So he's coming off a pretty significant injury. Um, but I, I think that, that that where the players are kind of in their cycle is played into not getting something done sooner uh, than than really this late stage of training camp. So a really interesting situation there with Pinto and the RFA thing. Josh Norris, you mentioned him earlier, still injured. Do we have any updates on that? I know he's, he's had to deal with a shoulder injury. Uh, that's been nagging him. He doesn't seem like he's ready, uh, at least to start the season, or, or at least can you provide some clarification on that? Well, I don't think anyone knows for sure, right? I mean, earlier in training camp, Pierre Dorian told reporters, you know, he would be ready for the regular season opener. I think there's now a little more doubt about that because he's been absent uh, from a recent practice this week and he was in a no-contact jersey, non-contact jersey during uh, one of the skates that he did participate in. And unfortunately, I mean, look, I, I think that it's pretty clear you don't you don't rush. There, there's, no, there's no magic about the opening game of the season. If he's injured, I, I don't see any reason to, to try to, to push that up. And so... It's more about how can he be have the longest stretch of, of healthy time. And that's just been, unfortunately, a story of, of Norris's, you know, recent career here. You know, he signed his big eight-year contract after a season, uh, which he missed the end of the year with an injury. Then last year, you know, barely played. And here he is, unfortunately, again, in a similar spot. And so, 
know, I think in some ways it's obviously it's, it's a different player, different set of circumstances than Pinto, but it's all tied together if you're in the management office and, and the owner's box. And, and, you know, these are two good young players that, that are, are doesn't appear at least at this time are going to be available to you. There's, there's a chance to perhaps change that with Pinto by getting a deal done. But, you know, with Josh Norris, I think that everyone's going to want to be treading lightly here, making sure that he has the rest and time off he needs in the rehab and, uh, you know, put himself in a position to play as many games at a high level as possible this year, not necessarily just focus on is he in for the first week or not. One other sense question. Uh, Igor Sokolov and, and Jacob Bernard Dock are being placed on waivers earlier this week. This was this ended up being a topic on, on hockey Twitter for about like a night when we saw that it was announced. I, 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 I want your thoughts on that because normally we just wait for when you and Pierre and Elliot announce who's on waivers. It was really interesting that the Sens would announce it the way that they did the night before and even give teams a chance to wonder if they want to claim them, but they still end up passing through waivers. What do you think of, of, of that? And maybe you could also touch on the fact that uh, you've been very busy dealing with all these waiver transactions these last few days. Yeah. My thumbs have never been in better shape. I'm, I'm NHL ready uh, for my thumb game and, and uh, inputting all the waivers. Cause you know, when you see those tweets that I put out every day around 2 PM Eastern time, those are all manually entered from uh, obviously a document I get that, that shows who's on waivers that day. And, and you're right. It's an interesting approach by the senators. You know, I think it might just be a functional thing. Um, both when they put Thompson on waivers and a few other guys. And then in this latest batch, they announced it essentially the night before. And so, you know, the way it works for those that, that aren't familiar with the system is, is typically the, the waiver um, list gets uh, sent around the league at 2 p.m. Eastern. Teams basically have a 24-hour window to put in a claim the next day. And what Ottawa did is almost add another 14 hours on basically saying, hey, we're going to be putting these players on waivers tomorrow. Now, some other teams have done this as well. It's not only an Ottawa thing. You know, I think it's more because they, they're just putting that information out once the players themselves have been informed uh, because, you know, this is a small industry. And, and if a player knows he's going on waivers tomorrow, his agent's going to know that agent's probably going to call around to teams he thinks might have a spot for his, his, his client. And so, you know, word would get around to a certain degree anyway. But, you know, Ottawa has been able to been unworried about, about tipping teams off. And, and, you know, the reality is this. This is the best time. To, to get a player through waivers. I mean, the, the reason that my thumbs are in such great shape is because every day the, the wire is full of guys. And, and look, every day I'm putting names in there, players who've played 200, 300 NHL games. I mean, there's, there's proven professionals that are, you know, basically going unclaimed every day just because every team has to get down to a cap compliant roster by next Tuesday. Uh, that means no more than 23 healthy uh, players. And then obviously you have to be under the salary cap ceiling uh, of 83.5 million. So you know, I, I think this is a great time to sneak players through. And, you know, in the case of both Bernard Docker and Sokolov, I mean, that they've both played NHL games for the Senators. And I would expect now we'll see them called up at some point when it, when injuries or other situations arise that necessitate that. And and so, yeah, I think they were, they were probably happy to get those two through. Unfortunately, they lost Lassie Thompson. And this is, this is what happens. This is, this is the future for the Chicago's and the Montreal's and Columbus's the teams that have amassed a lot of draft picks, Arizona, obviously in that same boat, you, you, you mass all these draft picks, then you mass a bunch of prospects because you make those picks. Well, in three years' time, if those players, you know, essentially haven't established themselves as full-time NHLers on your roster, I mean, you're going to be in this spot where you could be losing pretty good 21, 22-year-old prospects uh, to the waiver wire because that's that's what it's meant to be. I mean, the, the system's meant to not have it so that teams can just stash those players in the AHL for years and years and years. It's meant to give opportunities to them and. um you know, we have seen a number of claims, but also some pretty good players pass through in the last few days. 
on behalf of the hockey world, thank you for your service in uh, letting us know who's on waivers. It's my favorite time of day. I got to be honest. It's like one of those things that centers me. Now, I know it's stressful for the players, uh, you know, if, you're, if your future is just hanging in the balance, but I have a 158 alarm set oh because, um, you know, as you may know, the league itself doesn't distribute the waiver list. So I have to text one or multiple people that I know that might be amenable to sharing it once it comes in. And so every day there's a manual process and I have to go retrieve the list from somewhere and then input it in, into the X and send it out to the world. Why doesn't the league make that list available? Like, why is that? I don't know. I really don't know because it is an official document. It's, you know, it's a matter of sort of public record. You know, they also send a list at the end of each day to teams of any signings or new contracts. And they don't, they don't for whatever reason, publish that or share that with us. Um, but, you know, once again, and always a hat tip to Puckpedia and to Cap Friendly and, and the sites that help us make sense of all this because it's, they're absolutely vital in, in a world, you know, where the salary cap impacts so many decisions, especially decisions that are coming this week, Julian, in every city, you know, teams are making their last roster decision or two. And, and in a lot of those cities, some of those decisions are at least governed by the cap. It's not always just about a performance in a certain number of training camps, practices, or in the exhibition games, what have you. So, um, you know, I, I don't know why the league doesn't put it out, but I, I'm happy to, to do that little bit of work each day and try to get the, those names circulated as soon as possible. Let's get to some more training talk, uh, training camp talk after you can bet that. And uh, we'll give CJ a moment to grieve. And that very special announcement we teased at the beginning. Uh, we will get to that on the other side. You can bet that David Bastel is here with us from Sports Interaction. Don't forget to hit up sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN for all of your gaming needs. DB, let's start with Connor Bedard. A lot of yes. hype around him, obviously, the number one overall pick. How many points will he get this season? What's Sports Interaction saying about that? Well, right now, Sports Interaction, it's it, the foundation number is 69 and a half points. So that's your, nice. that's your level. You going over? Is he going to hit that 70-point season or more? Or are you going under, which would have obviously mean 69 points or less? Uh, we've seen super rookies do a lot more than this, EJ. Um, I, I think it's fair to say that this guy's part of that super rookie class when we look at history in 15, 20 years. But uh, on a team like the Blackhawks, it's still, it's still a pretty big accomplishment if he's going to hit that 70-point plateau. A big accomplishment, but one that I expect. I mean, yeah. I have been unequivocal on this guy that I think he's going to have a really, really special season that I think some people might be sleeping on just how unique his skills are, his shot. You know, I, I understand where the concerns might be, whether it's line mates and just, you know, the quality of the Blackhawks team in general. But to me, uh, as long as he's healthy, which, of course, we you don't know. We don't have a crystal ball. I, I like his odds of, of going over 69 and a half points. CJ might not have a crystal ball. Maybe DB does. Uh, what about a Stanley <laughs> Cup winner from the original six? Uh, so that's Chicago, Boston, Montreal, Toronto, the New York Rangers, or Detroit at plus 320. Any yep. other team at minus 450? Let's talk about that. Yeah, there's a lot of different Stanley Cup odds, and, the, and this is just one of the fun ones. They just called it the original six one, rightfully titled and so forth. So you kind of look at that and you go, okay, well... I'm crossing out the Habs and the Blackhawks, likely the Red Wings right away. And then you start getting into the arguments. The Rangers, I, you know, I think they're always part of that conversation. The Leafs, well, everybody in this part of the country thinks that it's a, it's a, uh, a great possibility. And then the Bruins, well, have they taken a step back? But 
are you willing to bet that CJ and you get any six team like, Hey, if, if the Habs go on this miracle run and win the Stanley cup, then you win, you cash that bet, or you can go the opposite direction, any other team and you get really, really low odds. So you're either betting on the six or you're kind of looking elsewhere. I'd probably want the last two in the door being Seattle and Vegas over the original six, but uh, (laughs) you know, but with you're right. Three, look at that's three of the top 10 teams for me out of that grouping, probably league wide for, for where I see the cup. So, I mean, it's, it's not crazy odds, but uh, yeah, give me a, give me a crack in golden Knights bet against the field. And I might be taking that one. (laughs) We'll have to get that up for you. (laughs) I think you might have to sports interaction.com slash SDPN for all the best odds before game in game. And the best props, sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. Thank you, DB. Thanks, guys. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it? I know for me, therapy has helped me with that. And I know for other people, it has also helped them with that. Therapy is a really useful resource for a lot of people. And if you are looking to find a place to start, if you're looking for a therapist and some different options that could help you out, uh, BetterHelp is a great place to start. If you've benefited from therapy, always great to share your experience and BetterHelp is great with that. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend. With BetterHelp, visit BetterHelp.com/Johnston today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com/Johnston. CJ, as promised, the floor is yours to talk about the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays, who are no longer in the MLB postseason after being swept uh, by the Minnesota Twins in the AL Wild Card round. Go off. See, you want me to yell, right? You want? No, I don't. I don't want you to yell. I want you to do whatever you, you feel to be is like right. a Steve Dangle LFR, where I'm just losing my mind. I did tease that idea to producer Nick that maybe we should have made it into that way, but that would depend on how you react to this. Yes. If you had have got me last night, there was a chance. I believe that. I believe that. But as I say, then I slept on it. And I woke up and I'm like, do you know what? After hundreds of hours of invested into this team this year. I just don't have to worry about it anymore. It's not my problem. They are who we thought they were. And (laughs) And you let them off the hook. And you let them off the hook. Let's go back. I mean, look, I'll be really quick on this. I think it's pretty simple. I don't think that there is, often in sports, there is a lot of gray, right? And, And you could argue this player should play with this player or this, you know, this decision should have been made. There's no gray here. This is a black and white total screw up to take out a pitcher who was pitching the way Jose Barrios was in game two, 47 pitches, 32 for strikes, five strikeouts through three innings of work. Absolutely dominating against his former team. You were also going to be playing a game three on Thursday. That had to be in your mind. Like what is the rush to get into the bullpen and start burning the arms down there when your guy is dealing in a nothing, nothing game. If it was five, nothing, six, nothing, 10, nothing. I, w- I would be here to listen to the argument because you might be saying, hey, you're, you're saving, you know, some more Brios for the, ne- the days to come. You know, we got a series coming up against Houston or what have you. And so that decision, there's just, it's just a complete screw up. And Julian, you know this, I'm not anti-analytics in sports. 
Like I'm, I'm not coming at it from that angle. I just think you got to use the information to make good decisions. They made a terrible decision. They got what they deserved. And I just go back to the original sin. The original sin was letting Alex Anthopoulos ever not be the GM of this team. And we don't have to go over all everything that's happened, but that is where this went wrong. You hired two guys away from the Cleveland guardians. Now formerly Indians. And what you have now, the Jays are Cleveland, a good team, but not good enough. And that's not good enough. They have a top 10 payroll in the league. They've got superstar players and they, they are run in such a cynical manner not to lose instead of going out to win. And so good riddance to that season. Uh, I know I'm not alone that I just could not quite love this team the way I would want to. And I still just watch them and hate watch them and stuck with it right till the end. But um, yeah, I, I think it's, it was such a screw up that the, the only positive I'm finding in it is they can't just like run it back and just like, do business the way they did it this season. Like there's just no way around the fact that it was emblematic of a broken, that the team's not running the way it should be run. And I know there's other mistakes in the game and Vladdy can't get picked off and blah, 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 blah. You can't win with scoring one run in two games, all true and all things that have to be addressed in the off season. But I just, I just hope someone has to pay honestly for what happened. I, I hope that they're starting a new, like ideally that's what I would want new front office, Fresh paint, let's go. But we'll wait and see what uh, ownership decides. Well, the thing about being Cleveland, at least you're not Detroit. I guess. I mean, this is eight years with the same front office. I mean, they're lucky they got to one ALCS because they had Alex Anthopoulos' team in 2016 still. And really, so that to me goes to AA. The 2015 team was good enough to win the World Series if a few things went their way. Uh, built by Alex Anthopoulos, who could still win yet another World Series. One of the best GMs, mm -hmm. if not the best GM in the entire game. And so, anyway, I'm just like, I don't think anyone wants to hear more Jays rambling, but I, I, I feel like it's such a profound, awful decision. Like, you can live with a loss. I was ready for them to lose yesterday, honestly. You can live with a loss, but the unforced nature of that decision was... Like, it's impossible for me to put my head around. Like, they're warming up in the bullpen in the second inning. Like, Barrios was dealing, and you're already, like, having guys warm up in the second inning? Like, it was like watching a car crash in slow motion. You're like, they're really, like, they're really this dumb. And then, you know, Barrios just mows through the twins, and then it gets to the next inning. You're like, well, maybe they're not that dumb. And they're like, oh, it's the third inning. They are warming somebody up again. They are really this stupid. And so, anyway, good riddance to 2023 version of the Blue Jays. There's so much to like about the team still, but they, they have to really do a long, deep, hard look in the mirror and come back different. Because this, this, was, this wasn't the team losing. This was like the, the whole process of how they do business was on display there, and it was ugly. So let, let's transition from the 2023 Blue Jays to the 2023-2024 Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, maybe they'll be better this year. Maybe. maybe, maybe. I mean, I don't think there's any reason to be overly concerned about them. I, I, I can't sit here and predict or pretend that I know what's going to happen when they get into a best of seven in, in mid April. And if they can win another round as they did last year, when multiple rounds finally get the damn thing done, I, like who knows where it's going to go. I think that there's so much runway. It's, it's hard to predict, but 
you know, they've had an interesting camp, right? I mean, it, it's on one hand, I'm shocked when I step back and look at it, that we're this close to the season and just thinking where we were in May when they lose in five games to Florida in the second round. And that really the core group is remains unchanged uh, with the only change coming in the, in the GM's box, but they also did make some other sizable moves around the margins of, of the roster with, you know, Tyler Bertuzzi in particular uh, also signing Max Domi. We'll see what John Klingberg can do. If, if that's thinking help him regain something because certainly he's been an impactful puck mover in his best days in the NHL. And we're kind of at an interesting spot in camp now where out of nowhere, Fraser Minton, uh, a player that was the second round pick by the Leafs in 2022, you know, we're down to the, the final days and he at least has a, a fighter's chance of making the roster, which is not something I would have predicted. I, and I'm not predicting he's going to make the team. It's, it's, he's still facing an uphill battle. The easiest thing to do when you have salary cap issues is send your prospects back to junior. They don't, they don't count on the cap. Their, their contract doesn't start until, you know, delays everything for a year. And so I think it, the easiest thing for them to do is, is not to, to keep them at all. But, you know, I think the fact that we're getting to this late stage, I mean, the big story from a hockey perspective with the Leafs starting camp is William Nylander playing center. Well, here we are two exhibition games left and he's already being moved back to the wing to give, Fraser Minton a chance to, to get a look in that third line center's role. And so, you know, it's, it's as much as it's been sort of a low event camp for the Leafs in, in terms of there's not been a lot of news. Like if you're covering the senator's camp every day, you've had a lot of news between those injuries. We talked about a player that's not there, a significant player, because you know, a lot of stuff going on in that camp, the players being placed on waivers. I mean, it's, it's been far less sort of controversial in, in Toronto, but we get into the Calgary end Calgary too, same deal. There's been a lot going on these last two weeks. Right, right. I mean, and it, so it's been quiet in Toronto, as quiet as Toronto can ever get. But I just think it's interesting when you're getting to the final days here, and there's a scenario where Fraser Minton makes the Leafs opening night roster, which again, if you had asked me that two weeks ago, I would have said, did you fall on your head? And that's not to criticize the player or, or you know, I know people in the organization are very encouraged about him, but he just turned 19 in July. Obviously, we know where the Leafs are in their window of trying to win a Stanley Cup. I mean, so they're just not a team that's going out of their way to introduce young players to the roster. But this, uh, they've got one here that might be forcing his way into that conversation. And that, that's kind of been an interesting late development in camp. Not to hijack the Leafs conversation. I'm sure CJ is going to check his phone in a couple seconds. Uh, Elliot Friedman says, J.B. Drysdale, three years, 2.3 mil with the Anaheim Ducks. That has just come in. Ooh. Yes. Like, I, I, as the rant was, as you were going on about the Leafs, I saw that come through. So now Shane Pinto, as we're recording, is the only RFA uh, left without a contract. Jamie Drysdale, three years, 2.3 mil. Uh, that is coming from uh, Elliot Friedman. Wow. Uh, I guess we could, let's immediate reactions to this. Well, it's a good number. And I think for a player that's coming off the kind of year that Drysdale had last year with, with being injured for most of the season, to get a three-year contract and have that stability is, is going to be positive for him. And look, it's, it's a little like Zegras in the sense that it'll set him up to secure a much bigger payday down the road and he'll have more CBA rights by that point in time. But I think in, in the meantime, he can get into camp here and still, um, you know, get in some practices and everything before the season goes. And so I think this is a, it's a sensible conclusion. I think, I think it was a very, very difficult process that one for, for a number of different reasons. Um, you know, just starting with the fact that, you know, the player didn't get to play much last year that cost him a potential year where he could have been going for our, um, but you know, I think 
when all is said and done here, having a little stability, having it not end up on a short, short deal is to the positive. And, and obviously two years from now, uh, he could start potentially negotiating on, uh, on an extension that I think will pay him much, much higher than that number. Was there anything else you wanted to add about the Leafs uh, before I had to cut you off with uh, the Jamie Drysdale news? No, I think I, I got through it. Um, you know, it's going to be an interesting last few days, though. I was told that they, the Leafs are so close to the cap, Julian, that they're probably starting the season with 20 players, which is the minimum. Um, yeah, every team has to have at least 18 skaters and two goaltenders entering the season and, and be below 83.5 million uh, for the cap ceiling. Or in the case of the Leafs, obviously they're going to use long-term injured reserve exception to go above that number. But still, they, they have to, you know, they're likely starting with 20. There is a scenario or two where they can have 21 skaters, but that that's the other problem when you're talking about a young player making the roster is they're not carrying an extra forward, most likely. I mean, I suppose there's there's a world where it happens, um, but but doesn't look like it's trending in that direction, most likely now, depending what happens this weekend. Of course, injuries and everything can shake up the plans, but, um, you know, It'll be uh, it'll be fascinating if if someone like Minton made the team out of nowhere just because I didn't for all the talk about the Leafs and all the stories and all of our our colleagues here writing about that team like that that was not discussed until basically right now and here we are with a handful of days left in camp and you've got a 19 year old uh, trying to make the team. Let's move on to Chicago, uh, Connor Bedard. Uh, it's been fun following him in uh, training camp and rookie camp. I noticed the other day he scored uh, this empty net goal and he could not look more upset at him scoring that goal. And forgive me for laughing. It was just really funny. Uh, but, you know, it, 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 he's got to find some time to smile, I guess, while he's with the Chicago. And we all know they're not expected to be that good. But I, I'd love to know your thoughts on, on, on Connor Bedard's camp to this point. I mean, he's been a hu- human highlight factory already. And I know maybe the, the goals against goaltenders have not been quick to come, at least in the preseason games. You know, he had a, a few nice goals in, in the rookie tournament he played before the, the camp got underway officially. But um, I tell you, I'm, like, I'm not sure. Have you looked at Chicago's schedule to start the year? I could do that now. You should. Uh, but I imagine it I can't think, be that good. Well, I think it's great. for. We're just talking about exposure. Uh, we're talking about hype a little bit and we're talking about a player still like, I, I know people are hyping him up. Like I'm following Mark Lazarus and those reporters in Chicago, like they're, they're, they're capturing all his moments and, and everything, but he starts, I believe at Pittsburgh. Yes. In a game against Sidney Crosby. And then yeah. the first Saturday night of his NHL career, he's in Montreal, which yes. is the ultimate stage in the game for me. And then immediately comes to Toronto for a game on the Monday. Uh, those are the first three games. And so I'm just, I want to get in early. This is like the stock I want to buy before, before it surges, just to say that I, first of all, I, I, I think anyone who's been listening to our, our hits uh, everywhere will know that I'm very bullish on the season. I think Bedard's going to have, and I think he's going to, he could be a force for, I don't know. I think he's going to capture the excitement of this new generation. I really do. And, and what a chance to make a statement he's got. I mean, look, he's going to play 82 games this year and, and they're going to be ups and downs, but in this first week of the season with a strong start going against Crosby in your first ever NHL game, playing in Montreal on a Saturday night immediately after, and then coming to Toronto uh, where I'm sure there'll be what two or three reporters at his locker on that, that morning before the game, hoping to yeah. get a good quote from him. I mean, I, I think that it, it's a real opportunity here for him to, 
sort of announce his arrival to the league. And, and based on what I've seen in preseason, I've got no reason to doubt that he's not going to be a dominant special player, shoots the puck in a way that you really haven't seen. And uh, I'm just excited. I'm excited to see him get going for real here. And I love that. he. I don't know if you noticed this, but he's doing his interviews. He's still saying like, if I make the team and stuff like that. So Stop. I'm excited. Stop. I'm excited I'm, for I, Tuesday I, come night. Come on. Tuesday it, night, stop. he will officially have made the team. It will be like he'll be on the opening night roster, and then you can retire that that thought. I'm cool with him being humble. Don't take us for idiots. Like, we know you're going to make the team. Don't do this. Don't do this. Except, I don't need him to do that. I know, but we've never been in – like, you and I, I think it's fair to say, have never been as good at anything as he is at hockey. Like, I think that's fair to say. Fine. And so, like, I don't know that he's doing it to play you like a fool. I think it might be literally how he thinks. Like, I, I just have never had that. I'm never, I'm not operating on that level. So it's hard for me to, like, put myself in his skates or his shoes um, when it comes to that sort of thing. But I don't, did you see, too, he's out, like, an hour after practice shooting? Like, that's pretty good for him. I, I don't mind that. I think that's cool. I think any opportunity for him to want to elevate himself and be the talent that we all think we, he is going to be, Nothing wrong with that. That's absolutely fine. And and it's cool that he has that mentality where he already wants to find himself in a situation where he's winning games. It's just look, what's, Sidney Crosby and all of them had to start on crappy teams too, man. Like it's 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 okay. Like it's what's I, I'm your glad impression, that the team is, like, it is it's cool. But what's your like am I wrong? Like I feel like he's not getting enough hype, but I don't know if it's just my perception. Like I just remember when Crosby and Ovechkin, now they came in after a season-long lockout. So there was already just excitement to have the sport back, and these two young players came in. But they were like, it felt hype. And then, and then Connor McDavid was a similar kind of hype, but you know he lands in a Canadian city. Maybe that's part of it. I don't know. I feel like Bedard's getting sl- slept on a little bit. Not that anyone thinks he's bad, but I just don't know if people are bracing for this to be a really special thing that, that is coming into the league. I, I don't know. I, that's a good question, actually. I mean... How much of that has to do with personality? I don't know. There was something about how Crosby and, and Ovechkin kind of endeared themselves in that way. Bedard, I mean, he doesn't have that same personality, but also he's a kid. Like, he's a teenager. Like, he still has to get adjusted to that. Well, McDavid didn't, you know, like, it wasn't his charisma that wowed you. It was, I mean, it's his charisma. It was everything else. He's just, it was everything else that like wowed like watching us. a game in fast forward, except he's the only one going that speed. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think we got to watch. Them. I mean, to your point about the schedule, we got to watch more games, I guess. But to your point about the schedule, his first five games are all on the road. Uh, Boston is sandwiched in between that Pittsburgh and Montreal game. And the Avalanche are the fifth and final uh, road game before he gets to play hits Vegas and then Boston again and then Vegas again. And then there's a Coyotes game near the end of the month. There's some really interesting games and matchups. Welcome to the Bedard. show, kid. Like a five-game yeah. road trip right out of the box. Woof. Jeez. And then at, then your first game at home is against the reigning cup champions. Oh, yeah. It's it's a very interesting uh, setup for, for Connor Bedard. I don't know. I, I think the, his abilities are very much on display. The The shot is there. Um, I don't know. I, I want to – I hopefully, hopefully it's uh, – I don't know. I'm not sure why people don't uh, are, are sleeping on him a little bit. I didn't really think of it that way. I kind of just thought it was just, I didn't really think of it that way. I'll be honest with you. It's funny. Someone asked Austin Matthews during camp, like, do you think he could score four goals in his debut? Oh my God. And I know a bit of a cringe question. It was not me who asked that question, but I loved it. Austin didn't even blink. He said, I think he could score six, <laughs> which I thought was kind of a funny demure kind of answer. It is. Uh, do we have, t- we have time for the, uh, puck doke? Oh, wow. I just spoiled it now. 
I just completely spoiled it. Wow. Today's a today's a great day for me. Are you like the person who can't keep a secret when you're giving a gift and you're just like Sometimes. Uh, sometimes I guess. I've tried my best to not do that. But uh, we have a Puck Doku announcement, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I might as well. I might smooth. as well. Smooth. Yeah, very smooth. Uh who cares? Um I care. I'm pumped about this. I'm very oh, no, don't get me wrong. I care about this announcement. I just I'm just going to let go of the fact that I've spoiled it for everyone. CJ and I will have the opportunity over the next few weeks uh, to do our own puck dokus and you'll be able to, uh, and you'll be able to do them. Uh, I think we still, do we have the dates circled in for, for those puck dokus? I know we're also going to make it into some kind of a competition too. We're going to try to figure out. It's a competition exactly between you and I. Yes. Um, yes. I think we have to decide how we're going to do it. Yes, that still has to be determined, but we will have our own Puck Dokus. I'm just looking back through days. my texts here for the exact weeks. So I, I'm going to do one the week of October 18th. So you're doing that week. And then you're going to do October 25th. Okay, so and so I saw those dates there. I didn't realize we had organized who was going to do which one. I'm, I'm going first. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, okay. I'm there you go, rank. seniority. I'm, I'm pulling rank. But so we have to decide, are, are we going to do as simple as like the lowest average score um, wins between us, like the, of the people who do it or the hardest one? Or do we want to try to be original and like have a theme built into ours and, and maybe have people guess or, or later vote on which one they like best? I think that's that's the only thing we have to decide. But this is pretty cool. I don't know. I I don't know how what you're doing, Pakdoku man. But I I literally do it basically every day. I might miss the odd one here and there, but especially a day that I have a slower start. I'm like with my coffee in the morning. I love I love getting into a Pakdoku. Get the brain working. You know. I love Pakdoku. I have to admit, the last uh, week or so has been a little busy. So I've uh, I've slagged a little bit, but I love what getting that opportunity to just open up a grid and then just trying to get uh and just try to get some answers in like i i, I love the game uh, i got the opportunity to talk to the creator of puck doku uh when i was guest hosting on uh, sportsnet 960 earlier in the summer taylor dixon great dude calgary native as well and uh shout out to him for uh making this possible to have the cj show uh get their own puck dokus man i'm, I'm excited for this man i know don't uh, fuck i it think up, julian you don't fuck it up cj <laughs> <laughs> i i personally i think a vote might be simpler, but I am also intrigued at the idea that maybe the uh, the lowest uniqueness score could also play into this, like an average or something. You should all let us know in the comments. But if uh, we if we did lowest best. uniqueness, that means we're trying to give it make it easy. Make for it hard. Them. You'd want the highest uniqueness would be hard. Wait, hold on. Because like, if you have like ten as a uniqueness, that means you did really well. If you have like two hundred. That's not good. That means that, okay. you you were answering all like obvious answers. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, I did. I meant it for the sake of like lowest average, like ten or like like. Well, that's what I meant by low. Not like oh, I want but low like, is people good. To get, like, low 200. means you made an easy puzzle. Okay, like I like I would suggest the easiest way to make a low puzzle would be to put like a bunch of Canadian teams on there. Okay, what you said is probably my brain today okay all right that's that's what we want out of this I, i've in, a, in either case we should probably leave it to a, i don't know if we should even leave it to a vote to determine what people would want best but maybe it's cool if we uh we we give some say uh to um 
to our listeners? Why not? I'll, I'll let you know this, though. Okay. I've got some ideas for mine already. I have ideas for mine too. I've I've okay. thought about mine for a little bit, so I've I've got some ideas for mine. Don't okay. worry. Don't you worry, sir. I mean, you got all the way to October twenty fifth. You got like three weeks, bud. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I can't wait to see what you come up with. I can't wait to see what, and I and I can't wait to actually try to solve it. We should make the STP guys do our puzzles live on their show. Yes. 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 Each, each, yeah. So, so when yours is out, they'll do it. And then when mine is out, we'll see how it, yes. That, that could be brilliant. the tiebreaker. Mm. Like how they solve it or something. Anyway. Yeah. We could figure that out. Um, it the cool is thing is, is this is just a long way to brag that we're going to do a Puck puzzles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take that. Yes. Um, do you have a stick tap uh, before we leave? You go first. Uh, I will just um, just continue to show some love and positivity for the uh, for the Snow family. Uh, they announced uh, the uh, funeral service for him uh, yesterday, and uh, in lieu of flowers, uh, please donate uh, towards uh, uh, towards their website snowystrong.ca. They're taking in funds uh, in the battle against ALS. Uh, so the, that's the website, snowystrong.ca. They're taking in donations there. And uh, if you're able to uh, make it out to the funeral, do so. Uh, obviously, uh, the Snow family, a lot of love coming in from the hockey world over these last few days, whether from teams, players, a whole bunch of pe- a whole bunch of teams have done uh, pregame tributes as well. Obviously, we uh, are, are sad to see him go, but I'm, I'm very happy that the world of hockey has been able to celebrate him these last few days. So I will give my stick tap to Chris Snow and the family. Yeah. And the broader hockey community. I, you know, I don't know if you saw the GoFundMe that's going around to support yes. the Snow family specifically. And if you scroll through the names on there, there's a lot of current players, former players, GMs, those from the baseball worlds, the hockey worlds, everything. Um, a lot of people rallying around them and, and we've tried to do the same. So I think that's probably best to leave it there. I agree with that. And with that, we'll be back on Monday with a brand new episode of the CJ show. We'll take in questions through discord and Twitter as well. Enjoy your weekend. We'll get some, maybe some predictions in for next week ahead of the start of the NHL regular season. It's getting closer and closer, my man. I'm excited. I know you are too. And I know winter everyone is watching. coming. Winter is coming. Yes, no more indeed. baseball exists in my mind. Just winter. No, and hockey. it's okay. And we'll find a way to make it work. For CJ, I'm Julian. So long. In peace. The Chris Johnston Show. Powered by Sports Interaction. Want to bet? Inside the game, twice a week. Follow Chris on Twitter at ReporterChris. And follow Julian McKenzie at JK McKenzie. The Chris Johnston Show.